0: This morning's reading is taken from Genesis chapter 22, starting at the first verse. Abraham tested. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. He said to his servants, "'Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. "'We will worship, and then we will come back to you.' Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, "'Father?' "'Yes, my son Abraham,' replied." He then reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. All the nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants and they set off for Beersheba and Abraham stayed in Beersheba. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Well, hello and welcome to our Good Friday uh, uploads and our online service and I hope you've been well this week. Um, it's great to be able to access stuff together and we are looking after Easter to do some more things uh, that will just help build our uh, build our relationships and keep us uh, together uh, as this uh, situation seems to sort of carry on. But today I want to think about the readings uh, that we've had and to think about what it is uh, to follow uh, Christ uh, in these circumstances and how, how that changes us what how that makes us different perhaps from the world, Uh, around us because today we would uh, call today Good Friday Uh, and for many people of course it looks like a disaster. How could this be a good day Uh, that the person who had taught uh, and healed and and, uh, administered to so many things and done so much for so many people uh, his life apparently ends in uh, misery and shame But I want to look first of all at the studies that we've been doing through the life of Abraham and how that uh, helps us inform and understand uh, the bigger picture of what God is like, uh, who he is and his attitude towards us and what's important uh, to him. And I asked Martin to read uh, the Old Testament passage uh, where Abraham is asked by God to sacrifice Isaac. It's a very difficult situation because all through uh, the story of God and Abraham God has been faithful to his promises sometimes they have taken longer than Abraham has expected sometimes Abraham has wandered off and tried to uh, sort them out for himself but God has been faithful and as was promised the last time we looked at the Abraham story he would one day have a son and who would call him Isaac and so now, in our reading, we find that God has asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. He's clearly older, he's perhaps what we would call a teenager today, or maybe even a young man. He's he's stronger, part of, uh, part of Abraham's household, and in this journey he's able to carry the wood without difficulty. He's a strong young man, he's grown up well, but God has asked Abraham to make a sacrifice of him. And I can't imagine how much Isaac meant to Abraham. Um, And, but God seems to, doesn't he? Because he says, Isaac, the son whom you love, God is well aware of Abraham's relationship with Isaac and the depth of it and how important it is. And it's a very, very hard text for us to read today. It jars with so many things. Uh, about how we understand life and how we understand um, children and sacrifice and family and superstition and uh, abuse and all sorts of things. So it's a very difficult passage for us uh, to read. Sacrifices uh, were often, uh, well, they were normally with uh, made uh, with animals and the animal would represent the person making the offering and the blood would be restitution, some kind of payment, blood payment, uh, for the offerer's sins, and there's there's a really interesting thing. It's a bit complicated to get into uh, now, but we remember when Abel was murdered by Cain, uh, Abel's blood cried out to God from the ground, and there's a sense in which, yes, actually there's a there's a price here. There's an injustice has been uh, been made, and there's a price. There's a something needs to be put right, and in the Old Testament world, uh, an animal was often a sacrifice that would represent. Uh, the sins of that individual and the blood would represent the price for those things um, but in the far reaches of the world of Abraham the gods of the other nations surrounding him um, would often uh, it, it would not be uncommon for them to ask for a child sacrifice uh, the, the gods uh, Komesh and Molech, uh, for example, demanded humans as sacrifice, and amazingly, it was not, not unheard of, even many, many years later, when Israel had grown into a nation, these two gods, Khomesh and Molech, uh, were still part of the fabric of the world around them, and uh, King Solomon incorporated worship of these very same gods uh, into his life as he slipped away from faithful worship of God, uh, Yahweh, the one who loved him and, and raised him up as king. So it's a very hard passage, you know, it's a window into a world uh, that we just don't understand, but we can understand something uh, about God. From the outset, the writer in verse 1 has said that God is testing Abraham. So it may be that there's more, even in that sentence, that phrase, there's more going on here than, than just sort of an arbitrary or capricious God. There's something going on that's a bit more, a bit, a bit deeper, a bit more uh, meaningful. Perhaps actually God isn't going to be like these other bloodthirsty ancient gods. Perhaps there is more about him. He's, he's got the power, but has he? What's his heart like? God sends Abraham to Moriah, which is a mountain three days travel away. And and that's really, really important to our story Um, because the place name Moriah means literally scene of Yah. Uh, The ending ayah is is that sort of God suffix that we see at the end of lots of names, like Jeremiah, Isaiah, Zephaniah, all of the ayahs. That's a God word. That's a God phrase. So Moriah is something to do with seeing the Lord. It's about experiencing uh, God. Yah is that short form of Yahweh. Moriah would also uh, become the site of Jerusalem years and years later and once uh, Jerusalem had been built and established as a city, King Solomon would build the temple on this same spot and you can read about that in 2 Chronicles chapter 3 uh, verse 1. So there's more going on here than we might think. Amazingly, and, and, and in a way perhaps we can't understand, Abraham goes along with this. He's obedient and he does it in such a way that Isaac goes along with it too. It's only a little bit later uh, when Isaac finally asks, where is the lamb for the burnt offering, that we see Abraham has some confidence in God, that God would intervene. How far will he go? How far will he need to go to prove himself? The Lord himself, Abraham says, will provide the lamb. Well, in a dramatic scene that goes right to the edge of how we feel comfortable, uh, as more than we can imagine, as Abraham reaches up to slay his son, an angel intervenes and a ram is found tangled in the bushes, and they sacrifice this instead. I said last week uh, that over Holy Week, Jesus would face challenges over who he really was and what he had come to do. If you read through John chapter 8, which is a very long reading, but there's a couple of little verses and ideas in there that are really important. At the beginning of John chapter 8, we find him uh, that he has set this woman caught in adultery free. But in that story, which is set in the temple, which is set in the same place, how amazing, how fascinating that that would happen there. In that place where he's had that argument... Uh, with the uh, Pharisees and the chief priests he's identified that they are not without sin they have sin too and that's really important the argument and the debate spills over into quite a long chapter but towards the end of it uh, Jesus makes this profound statement it's truly truly remarkable because there are they're telling him that you don't know anything you're not one of us you're not you don't get it And Jesus says to them, your father, Abraham, rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. I think you could have heard a pin drop, couldn't you? Just an amazing thing to say. Because he goes on to say, they challenge him on this. are you older than Abraham? And he says, before Abraham was, I am. He declares quite outright, I am, is a way of saying, I am God. It's one of those ways it's one of those things that jesus says but but what i want to focus on is that abraham saw jesus's day one amazing thing that in that moment somewhere in that 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 mountaintop thousands of years even then before abraham saw jesus's day Abraham had some kind of vision or insight or or some, some kind of moment in which he saw what God would actually do. Our faith is that God would give up the son whom he loved as a substitute for our sin. God didn't demand somebody else's life for our sin, as we might. Somebody else, please, put somebody else in the way. But he gave himself as Jesus Christ the Lamb of God, in our place. God only demands the sacrifice of our hearts and worship, but he makes the sacrifice for our sin. It's the only way that he could reconcile both his justice, that our wrongs need restitution, with his love which seeks to be merciful and forgiving. Bishop Tom Wright once said, if sin wasn't so serious, it wouldn't need such a dramatic solution. Only God can stand in our place. At the moment, we are all very aware of how our actions affect one another. We are super careful about infringing on people's space and and, and making sure that there's no way that we could pass on to anybody uh, anything that we might have. But sin is a bigger issue. It's, it's an even bigger one. It's far more profound than that. Deadly though the consequences of coronavirus might be, sin is something that we really need to deal with. The, the deeper truth is that we all affect ourselves, one another and our relationship with God through sin. It's something that harms our relationships. It harms who we are. And sometimes it offends God as well. And it has a cost there's a price. There's something to be paid. Justice is demanded. And we're in isolation from God until that price is settled, until that is paid for us. What Abraham saw on Moriah in the midst of the turmoil of of wondering how God would, would, would put this straight, because Abraham knew that he'd messed up. In the middle of all of that, God revealed to him that he would one day resolve these issues, that he would one day atone for our sin himself. It's an amazing, an amazing, gracious act by God in which he exchanges his life for ours, our sin for his love, his grace. It's, it's an absolutely astounding story, but it takes that moment. It takes God to step in to make things right. Good Friday is where we realise that our sin, our, that the failure, the mistakes, the things that we've got wrong, that we should have done or shouldn't have done, um, is dealt with by God. And all he offers, he offers everything we need, and all he asks is our hearts in, as a sacrifice to him of love and praise. I hope that you know, this is a good day for you too. Uh, it's a good day. It's the one that changes who we are. It's the one in which we become, we start to become the people of God. It's the most important moment uh, in human history and it's the most important moment in many Christians' lives. If you'd love to know more, if you want to sort of email me or uh, just just text or find some way of, uh, you've got questions, uh, then please do ask. But I wonder, can this day be good for you? Amen.
2: Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for the example of Abraham. Help us to learn from him that in spite of all the mistakes and sins he committed, he came to a point of total obedience and surrender to you. Lord, teach us, that when you call us, you do not give up on us when we fail. Lord Jesus, we are overawed by the enormous sacrifice you made for us. So now let us be still and think of those areas of our lives where we try to stay in control. Lord, help us to surrender them to you so that your resurrection power can be released into our lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus, we pray for all those who are putting themselves at risk by serving others. We pray for protection for them, and for the resources they need. In this time of great pressure, may they reach out to you and know your peace and blessing. Lord, we cry out to you for the millions of people around the world who have no income and are struggling to get basic food or medical help. We ask for wisdom and grace for leaders at all levels that they may work in harmony and make right decisions for us all now and for the future. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We thank you, Lord, for the way many communities have come together to support one another and we pray for an increase in generosity. We pray especially that Christians will go the extra mile in loving others and so reveal your love to the world. Give each of us boldness and discernment to tell others about you and about the sacrifice you made on the cross is for them as well. Jesus, on the cross you cared for your mother We pray for those who are alone and isolated, for those who are unwell, and for those who are grieving. May they know your healing, your love, and your comfort at this time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for finishing the work you came to do. For you came not only to teach and to heal, but to save all who trust in you. We need you, Lord, and we trust you. For you are our hope and our God, now and to the end of time. Amen.